Jacoby Coles helps the Frogs survive a tough test in Lubbock, and TCU baseball has a rough series at home, though they did salvage a game on Sunday afternoon. We'll talk about it all next in Lockdown Horn Frogs. You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It is Locked On Horn Frogs. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please subscribe wherever it is you get your podcast. You're listening to the audio version of this. I am your host, Stephen Simcox. Uh, TCU basketball got a tough minded win against Texas Tech on Saturday afternoon. Final score is 83 to 82. Frogs win uh, off the strength of two free throws. Yes, that's right. Clutch free throws from Jacoby Coles. If you want somebody at the line on this basketball team, it is Jacoby Coles. Um, it was a weird game. You know, TCU didn't start out super well. Texas Tech had an early lead. Then Mike Miles came off the bench. He started the game. He took a little break and then came back, <clears throat> hit a step back three, hit another jump shot. They got up to a 27 to 20 lead. And really, the rest of the half, TCU played well. Uh, they, you know, they were getting, they were doing what they do best, which is playing good defense, creating havoc, creating turnovers, and then using that to get on the fast break. Uh, Miles had 15 points in the first half. They end up with a 44 to 35 lead going into halftime, and kept that lead pretty steady for the first 10 minutes of the second half, and slowly. Texas Tech started to chip away. You saw some of the things that have plagued TCU all year, which is turnovers, just wasting possessions, not being efficient on the offensive side of the floor. All of a sudden, the Red Raiders had three, and TCU was down 80-79 to with about a minute and a half left, I believe. Uh, they're down 82-81 with 12 seconds left and got the ball inbounded to Emmanuel Miller. Jacoby Coles made a nice cut to the hoop. I still don't know – if he was actually going up for a shot or if he just got hacked and he decided to throw it up. But either way, um, got fouled in the act of shooting, knocked down the free throws, TCU survives. Now, Texas Tech, not the most impressive conference record. Um, they're 5-11 and 11 in conference play. They've had a tough season in year two of Mark Adams. However, they were probably the hottest team in the league coming into this game, had one four straight. It was a game for them at home to keep their tournament hopes alive. They needed to get a victory. So I think it was an impressive win for TCU to go on the road and get it done. I feel like with eight wins in conference play now for the Frogs, they are basically guaranteed a attorney berth, like an NCAA tournament berth. You know, obviously crazy things can happen, but with the respect this league gets, I think eight and ten in conference play, not that that's what they want it to be. You don't want to drop your last two games the regular season, but um, – you've given yourself an opportunity now to, to have a postseason, to play in the postseason, and I think at this point you're just playing for seeding. Could be wrong about that, but I really don't think like there's any argument for a team with eight wins in the Big 12 to not go to the NCAA tournament. I feel like they're in. So it was important that they got that done. Um, they played Texas Wednesday at home, Oklahoma on the road in Norman, which is similar to Texas Tech, OU is at the moment. Not a great season for the Sooners, but they're playing well right now. Porter Mosier has turned things around a little bit, so that'll be a tough game. Texas at home will be a tough game. They got uh, waxed by Baylor on the road on Saturday, so their Big 12 title hopes are kind of slipping away. TCU has not upset anybody at home this year. I was thinking about that today. I guess you could you could consider the Kansas State game an upset. So if you want to give them that, I want to argue with you too much. They haven't pulled off like a big, you know, they had Kansas kind of 
that was a game that they should have won, could have won. Uh, I'll say could have won, not should have. They didn't really lead a lot in that game. Baylor definitely should have won that game, even shorthanded. But um, it would be nice to get just a, an upset at home to sort of end, you know, the regular season in Fort Worth and send this, you know, these guys off in a nice way. Um, another thing from the game that I liked, and I don't, I don't know what Dixon's going to do about it, but the Lampkin situation is strange. He, he was out again. He's in and out. I, I get high ankle sprains are tough to recover from. I don't really understand why there's so much back and forth, but we'll see what his status is for Wednesday. I mean, it's anybody's guess at this point. I like the small lineup, though, that they ran out there at times. With, with Coles at the five, you know, you can keep Emmanuel Miller at the four. Uh, Ball, Miles, you can rotate Wells and Peavy in and out of there. Now, it, it gives you a disadvantage on defense. I mean, there are times they, they had Chuck in there when they were in the small lineup at one point, and it means that Chuck O'Bannon's having to guard a post player or sometimes might get switched out on a post player, and that's an issue. It's an issue defensively, but offensively, I just think it's a really big plus for this team because Coles has been such an adept scorer. I mean, he had 15 points off the bench on Saturday. Uh, Miles led the way with 24, slowed down in the second half, but still a really good game. Emmanuel Miller, I think he he might have benefited more than anybody from Mike coming back. He just looks much more comfortable with the opportunities he's getting on offense. Um, he had a nice day shooting the ball, 14 points. Damian Ball, a tough day shooting the ball, but had a really good – uh, night distributing the ball with, with nine assists, only had five points in the day. Um, this team could use Shahade Wells getting hot again. He had that nice little stretch, you know, when when they were playing well in those games against like Kansas and Oklahoma. And since then, it's been tough sledding for him on offense. They could use a big day from Wells. But Wells and Coles, to me, are sort of the X factors in March. Those are the guys that if they can get going and go off offensively, and this team becomes a lot more dangerous, and it gives them, you know, some ability from the outside because we we know the limitation here. They don't shoot well from deep. Twenty-eight um, percent from three. They were six of twenty-one. It's a lot of three-pointers. But the the problem is, and, and Alex Frank was talking about the shot selection last week um, in our TCU fan corner segment. He was like, they they got to stop taking so many threes. But the issue is. Teams are just packing the paint. And so a lot of the threes that they were taking early in that tech game that they were missing, I mean, they were uncontested. Either uncontested or just wide open shots. Like there, there were shots to be taken. And so you, it's a it's a catch-22 because you can't just sit there and not take those shots. It makes everything else more difficult. It makes the defense hone in on what you're doing. But at the same time, if you don't hit them, then obviously you're not scoring and you're, you're kind of wasting possessions. So um, that's not, but that's not going to get ironed out. I mean, I, I just don't see a way that this team becomes a hot shooting team between now and then. They're going to have to make their living in transition by smothering people defensively um, and by hitting those looks when they can and, and just letting the chips fall where they may. But impressive win for TC basketball. Um, I, I thought it was just good for them to go on the road and get that done in a tough environment. Texas, Wednesday, 8 o'clock, and then on the road against in, against OU and Norman. Would love to split these games, right? Finish conference 9-9. Nine and nine, That That's – with the injuries you've had, I think you say, okay, we've done what we can. Let's get ready for postseason basketball. Um, winning both would be amazing. I'd be over the moon at that. It's just going to be a tough – Tough game against Texas at home, even though they did have the horns on the ropes in Austin and really let them off the hook by blowing that lead in the second half. Frogs get a victory, though, and I feel like they 
submitted and supplanted their place in the NCAA tournament by getting that win in Lubbock on Saturday. When we come back, we'll talk some TCU baseball. Rough weekend for TCU um, against Florida State. Before we do that, though, I do want to talk about Built Bar. And, you know, some days I get to give like a personal testimony from like five seconds ago because I, I literally just ate a Built Bar before <laughs> I came on the show. Um, it was one of those crazy mornings where it was hard to get everybody out of the house. You know, I was on the way to work. I realized I hadn't had anything for breakfast. I didn't want to stop because I didn't really have time. And so I just got to the office and I remembered, oh, yeah, there's a, a stack of built Bars like in the kitchen in my office that I, I stored away earlier. Let me go grab one of those. And it did the job. You know, I'm on here. I'm doing a great podcast right now because I've been fueled by built Bar. It was only 150 calories. And so that's one of the great things about built Bar. If you made that resolution, be healthier in 2023 and you're struggling right now, built Bar is a good place uh, to start. It's a good choice to make because it tastes good. And it's good for you. Go to BuiltBar.com to get your uh, next order today, or you can find them at your local Sam's Club. Again, that's BuiltBar.com, proud sponsor of the Locked On Network. So TCU Baseball, they now sit at 10th in the country um, as the Frogs drop two out of three to Florida State over the weekend. And it was a tough day. For, it was a tough weekend in general for TCU pitching. Now, I'm going to get to some positives in a second. I do want to talk about the negatives. Friday night, they were non-competitive. They got beat 10-1. to 1. Um, It was a close game for the first few innings. Ryan Vanderheide did a nice job. Um, he ended up going five and two-thirds, I believe. <clears throat> Pull this up so I'm make sure I'm getting it right. He went five and two-thirds, um, gave up uh, two earned runs, three runs total, uh, and you know kept TCU in that game for a while, but then the bullpen uh, had a rough going. Justin Hackett, an inning and a third, he gave up uh, two runs. Um, Mason Speaker continued that, and, and just in general, they sort of melted down. Not great at bats, only two hits on the day. A lot of non-competitive at bats, just not a good day swinging um, the bat for, for TCU on Friday. One thing that I, I noticed this weekend, Elijah Nunez was out. Uh, he was dealing with concussion protocol. He missed the game against UTA Tuesday. This lineup is so much different with Elijah out of it. And I don't think I fully understood his value until I watched him struggle so much against Florida State. But him hitting second, uh, when he follows Austin Davis at that leadoff spot, that one-two punch is really great because they get both those guys get on base a lot, and then they can cause havoc on the base pass with their speed. It allows Braden Taylor to hit third. Rather, you know, you're just you're deeper one through nine. Elijah's one of those guys. Sometimes I get frustrated with how patient he is at the plate because he's just one of those players that does not offer at bad pitches. And it results in him working some walks. It results in him driving up some pitch counts. Uh, but that's also something – that's a quality that you want out of somebody that's in at the top of the lineup. And so he's cleared to go. He's going to play on Tuesday against DBU, and he'll be available for their um, tournament at Minute Maid Park in Houston this weekend, which is significant because I, I could just tell there was a huge difference between what this lineup could do um, when he wasn't available, and it, it made life tougher for them against Florida State. And Florida State has some good – like, they have good arms. This is the second year in a row TCU's played them. Last season they dropped two in Tallahassee. That third game they were trailing when it got rained out, um, but they were on the verge of getting swept. This year, they end up salvaging the game on Sunday in Fort Worth, but they lose on Friday and Saturday. In that Saturday game, um, TCU drops it 10-8. to eight. Uh, Luke Savage had to make the start, um, and he was okay. You know, he goes four and a third, six hits, four runs, four earned. 
I don't think Luke will be your traditional third starter. Uh, I think Stroutberg will, will take that role when he's healthy again. I'm not sure exactly why he wasn't pitching this weekend. But the issue with Savage having to start is I think, you know, with that funky delivery, he's not a guy that has electric stuff. And so when when he goes through the lineup a second and third time, it gets a little hairy. So the deeper he went in that ball game, the tougher it was for him to get out. Um, and then the other issue is when when he has to start, you don't have him available in the bullpen. So he's one of your, you know, he's he's your main guy in middle relief. He's that uh, player that's going to come in on a Friday and Saturday and hopefully give you four or five innings. But he couldn't do that because he was starting. And TCU fought back pretty valiantly, had a much better day hitting the ball, um, 13 hits, still a lot of missed opportunities. Uh, but overall, hit the ball a lot better against Florida State on Saturday. Rallied in that game, but they fell behind, you know, ten to four at one point, and just couldn't do enough to get back in that baseball game and, and win it. And so they dropped the series. And then on Sunday, they won three to two. And I think the biggest positive from this weekend is Cam Brown came back after a rough start against Arkansas and did a really nice job. He had a tough first inning. David Bishop had an error, and. Uh, that's been another thing that's plagued this team. Jamie Plunkett put this out on Twitter. Um, the team's had 14 errors in seven games, and that's just not going to work. And a lot of it has been at the corners with with Braden Taylor and David Bishop. I think those guys will get their feet under them and play better defense. Um, you know, we've seen some errors from Anthony Silva too, but overall he's been outstanding. The, the freshman who is, uh, you know, starting there at shortstop for the Frogs. Um, but Bishop had an error at first base. It looked like Cam Brown was going to get out of that first inning quickly and then uh, just kind of melted down after that. Hit the next guy uh, with the baseball, put another runner on, walked three in a row, so walked in two runs. But then after that, settled down and had a really nice day, um, you know, pitching the ball. And, and you saw that talent that they've been so excited about the last few seasons uh, because he came in there and ended up going five innings, only gave up two runs. Um, and, and those runs ended up being earned because they, they ruled that an error on Bishop that extended the inning. So the errors have plagued this team. Also, though, you got to bear down, like, like and I'm not going to be too negative about it because, as I said, Cam bounced back in a huge way later in the ball game. But, okay, you gave up an extra out here, but you got to bear down and get these guys out. You still have to find a way to get out of these innings, get out of these jams. Um, and, unfortunately, it took a while for Cam to do that. But then once he did – you know, he was he was fantastic the rest of the day. Um, and then the other bright spot from yesterday was was Cole Klecker um, comes in and goes four innings in relief, zero hits, zero runs. Uh, he was outstanding. And this is the second outing that he's had this year. He's got two wins. He's been incredible in, in middle relief. So if they can figure out that third starter, um, then with, with Cole and Luke Savage in the bullpen, you have a pretty good one-two punch. And it's been a few seasons since TCU had a one-two punch on, on that Friday and Saturday role. You know, you had Russell Smith and Austin Crowe, but some injuries derailed that. Um, Riley Cornelio showed some promise as an ace last year, but again, he got banged up and then wasn't really the same the rest of the season. So they could use – I mean, it's just been a, a, it's been a few years since they had an ace of the staff and had a number two guy that was consistent. If, if Vander High and Cam Brown could get things figured out, then I really like the potential of this team and where they could go. But that has to be sorted out, um, I, I think, to, for this group to really see 
what they could do. And, and the starters just have to go deeper in games. That's a big part of it, too. But TCU did win 3-2 to two, um, on Sunday. Another bright spot on Sunday, Anthony Silva goes 3-3. Three for three. Um, just had a really good day at the plate. Also had a great day in the field. Made a great play in the ninth inning where he backhanded a ball in the hole and made a strong throw uh, to get the out. It was the first out in the ninth, and they were able to to get it done from there. So um, a few positives on Sunday. Rough weekend overall. TCU now goes on the road to Dallas to play Dallas Baptist on Tuesday, and then they play in a tournament in Houston over the weekend. They'll get Michigan, Louisville, and Rice, so that'll be fun. Um, to see the Frogs against those opponents. And we'll have it all here, the coverage of it on Lockdown Horn Frogs. We'll come back and wrap things up in a moment. This is Lockdown Horn Frogs. It's your team every day. Okay, final thing for you, um, a few sort of housekeeping notes. We'll have plenty of football coverage the rest of the week as uh, you know TCU continues to hurdle through the offseason. Um, we've talked about linebackers. We're going to talk about this the secondary group later this week, the corners and the safeties. Uh, I think there's a lot to like about what TCU is bringing back in that department uh, in 2023. And then finally, a recruiting note on the basketball side, five-star center Dennis Evans has reopened his recruitment. Evans was down to TCU in Minnesota, actually signed with Minnesota, but then asked out of his letter of intent. Apparently there's no timetable for his decision, but TCU is back in the mix. TCU, Louisville, Illinois, and Missouri have all reached out to Evans since he made his decommitment. So um, that would be huge. They they have two players signed for the 2023 class at the high school level. Um, and from a star perspective, it's not the most impressive class, but this will be a massive boost if they could land Evans. We'll see if the staff can do that. Uh, again, no timetable for his decision, but he just recently um, opened up his recruitment again and is you know listening to offers. Um, and it's going to make another decision. So we'll see how that plays out as the week and, and the weeks go on. This is Locked on Horn Frogs. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. It's your team every day.